Hey, my fellow monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Armed Ape Podcast, the show where we review and talk about everything from guns, gear, and movies to life in general. Nothing is ever out of bounds. As always, everything we talk about has the end goal of making our lives better by cutting through all the marketing BS using logic, reason, and honest discussions. I look forward to hearing from you soon and to your participation in the show. Well, hello, my fellow travelers and my beautiful, beautiful monkeys. What is going on? Uncle Silverback here with you. Today is Sunday. It's the 18th of July, 2021. Hopefully today I may be able to record about three episodes and then I can drop them for you like I did last week where we have a Monday, Wednesday, and then Friday episode And this is going to be on the uh, review. And this will actually, I think, wrap up maybe season uh, one of Mr. In-Between. And I I think I had said before that there were, I thought, seven episodes in season one. Maybe I misspoke. I I believe there are only six. Uh, So we have this one, obviously, and then a couple more. So let's go ahead I'll give you my contact information and then we'll go ahead and jump in with the review. If you would like to comment on any of the episodes or just on anything in general, please feel free to do so. I have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731-206-745-APE1. A-P-E if you would rather record your own audio or write out an email, and have me read it out for you on the air. The place to send that is thearmedape at gmail.com. All one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. If you go to the website, you'll find all my social media stuff. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And the email address is thearmedape.com. There is also a PayPal donation button. And if you would ever feel so inclined to support the show financially, you can just click on that and follow the prompts. All right, let's go ahead and let's jump in with our review. So this, again, is Season 1, Episode 4, and it is entitled On Behalf of Society. So before we jump in with the actual review, let's talk a little bit about how I'm going to do these reviews. So anything that I have done before, so Episodes 1 through 3 is fair game for me to talk about. Anything that is going to be in the future, I will not spoil. But everything in this episode is all fair game as well. Now, generally, I will go in a linear fashion. So I will go start to the end of the episode and we'll cover things in there. I generally won't jump around in the episode. I may go back and talk about something, but I won't talk about stuff that's... uh, even happening in the future of the episode. So, all right, let's go ahead and jump in with episode four, entitled On Behalf of Society. It opens, we see Gary and Ray are driving out. They're kind of out in the country. 
and Gary's talking about, oh, I got this surprise for you. And they have some banter that kind of goes back and forth. And again, what this shows, it shows sort of the nature of the relationship between Ray and Gary. And he is one of the few people that we have seen so far where Ray really seems to be kind of at ease with Gary. Also, the way that Gary interacts with Ray is very different than other people. Probably, I would say, maybe the closest we see to, oh, how Ray, in, I guess, well, I should say, the closest thing we see in this type of interaction is with Allie. So again, it, it's a very different thing, but you can tell the way that Gary and Ray interact that they are, they're really friends and that there has, although we haven't seen it and it hasn't been mentioned and a lot of things in this show, it doesn't really get mentioned. You just sort of have to kind of intuit it or, or pick up on small little clues. And that's some of the stuff that I really like about how the writing is on this show that doesn't really treat you that you're kind of like an uninformed viewer or that you're stupid. It lets you kind of pick up on a lot of stuff on your own. So anyway, what happens is they go out into the country and Gary ends up giving Ray a submachine gun. And it looks like what you would call like maybe a world war two, maybe like a Sten gun. If you, if you guys want to Google that, you can to see what it looks like. But he calls it, he says, no, it's a Pratchett. And he said, uh, then he goes on and says something like, oh, this is, you know, what one helped us win World War II or something like that. So again, it's not a, uh, and, and it's not a Sten or it's not a Sterling, which is what Ray thinks it might be is a Sterling. So anyway, if you, if you guys know what that is, it's kind of a neat, it's a, it's a type of, gun that was made during the war so it looks real you'd almost call it like steampunk uh, which are kind of neat about about those guns but basically it was the way that it was sort of designed it's a uh, an open bolt uh, and well I guess I shouldn't go too far down into the weeds on that stuff but anyway they go out they they do some shooting and stuff like that and you can tell Ray is really stoked to have it and this is something that of course you know Gary we see again Gary's maybe that he knows sort of what Ray would like and wouldn't like, but also we see that it gives us more of a uh, well. How do I want to phrase it? It's a it's a visual cue without showing that that Gary is also part of the criminal underworld because he has something that would I am sure is a hundred percent illegal for somebody to own in Australia, especially for somebody like Ray or Gary, who probably have pretty deep criminal records. So anyway, it ends with that. He, they go out and shoot up some melons and stuff and Ray is super happy. So we cut to the next scene and Ray and Allie are back at, I I think it's Ray's apartment or where Ray's live or where Ray lives, excuse me. And they're sort of playing this kind of game. And it, it's funny, this game sort of comes up a lot with these characters where they'll, they're almost like, would you rather? And so she's saying like, you know, she goes, oh, I got another one for you. She said, would you rather have great sex or great food? 
And the, and again, it's not important what the the banter that goes back, but they have some really neat banter, and it shows that there are they're kind of like a new couple a little bit, but it also shows that they are, again, pretty simpatico. Uh, you know, she she really likes Ray, and he really likes her. Oh, and this is let me do another kind of quick aside from this. So earlier, I think it was maybe in episode one or two, I had talked about well. What is Ray's age? What do I? How old do I actually think Ray is? And I had thought that he was maybe like, you know, forty-two, forty-three is what the character is supposed to be. But actually, when Ray is in one of those anger management groups, he mentions I am forty. He actually says I'm forty years old. So again, the actor at the time of filming, I think, is probably forty-eight, forty-nine, something like that. Uh, and I could be off on his age. So he's playing like ten years younger. And at first I thought, oh, the actress is, is, you know, sort of, she's probably in her late thirties. I don't know. And I'll have to try and pay attention. I think later she, she mentions what her actual age is or something. So I don't know if she's supposed to be playing kind of what her age is, or if she is supposed to be maybe in her mid to late twenties. So and, and there are some things that comes up kind of in a future episode, and we'll have to talk about that a little later, but uh, we'll, we'll kind of see. So anyway, they kind of have this kind of fun little playful thing. And again, what it does is it shows, oh, Ray isn't just like a shark. He's not a, just a killing machine that doesn't have any type of like soft side or a side that people can't relate to, that type of thing. Uh, so it, again, it shows that he's not sort of like a Dexter character where if you were with him after a while, you would see like, oh, there's kind of something off with him because he's in the Dexter thing. He's much more of like a sociopath and he's trying to, oh, I, he's kind of like faking his way. He's mimicking his way. But with Ray, again, this is, uh, he, he has his issues to be, <laughs> to be fair, but he, he's not a, a complete sociopath. So he can understand and he has emotions and all that other type of stuff. So so we cut from the Allie and Ray scene and we see Ray and Freddie. They are going to have a meetup and have that sit down, which we talked about in a previous episode with Davros for when Ray beat up the guys that had attacked Gary at the botched gun deal with uh, Vasily. So that we are on Davros, I think, home turf. He has his own club. He goes in and meets with Ray. Ray initially puts his hand out to meet with Davros. Davros refuses to shake his hand. And we see that that is kind of going to be the tone. It's going to be a thing of, uh, it's, it's going to be pretty adversarial. We're going to see that Davros is really trying to sort of display kind of dominance and everything. And what I'll do is I'll, let me play a clip here real quick. I think it will do better than me describing it. And you'll get a real sense of maybe kind of some of the tension. You'll also get a sense of that Ray, even though he's not, again, what we'd call home turf, he is a seasoned criminal. If we look at the ages, you know, again, like I said, Ray is supposed to be about 40 years old. And I think Davros is supposed to be kind of this, oh, up and coming kind of maybe younger guy in the criminal underworld. He is related to by uh, with Freddie through marriage, and I don't know. I think it's maybe like Freddie's sister or something like that is married to Davros's brother. So 
that's sort of the nature of the relation. But they do, Freddie and Davros do consider themselves family. So let me go ahead and play this clip. This clip will be a little bit longer, but it does, I think, give a good example. And I think it will do it better than me just sort of yammering on about it. So, Ray, did Freddie explain why I wanted to see it? Yeah. So how is your friend? Been better. Yeah? Right. I heard he was in a coma. That's the way it goes, eh? No hard feelings. <laughs> well, I'm afraid there are hard feelings. Quite a lot of hard feelings, actually. Are they? That's why we're having this chat. <laughs> you can't go around bashing my guys. But your guys can go around bashing my friends, can they? Look, we had no idea you were friends with the guy that got bashed. I know you and Freddie are friends. Now, out of respect for Freddie, my guys wouldn't have done what they did had they known. If they did, I would have put them in the hospital myself. Does he know Freddie and I are family? He does now. He does now. Good. Well, we all know where we stand now, so we're good. Right? talk a little bit about that scene. So there's a lot of tension in there. We really see that Davros is trying to flex really hard on Ray. He's trying to show him like I'm in charge. But at the end of the day, again, Ray is, I would say he was probably more of the dangerous criminal than Davros, although Davros is a dangerous person and is, is not afraid to use violence. What, what we're seeing that makes Ray so dangerous is that Ray is more, I guess what I would term it as maybe more of a professional in that he makes sure to cover his tracks really well. Anyway, we go uh, from there and the next scene we see Ray is at Brittany's, he's watching Brittany at some like school sporting thing. I think they called it netball, which I'm not exactly sure what that is. Uh, but we also see, 
it's a scene where Ray is sort of they're they're playing it on maybe like on like an outdoor basketball court or something like that. And what we see is that Ray is on one side and he's kind of off by himself. And then when he looks across the way, we see his ex-wife and we see Quentin and the other parents are all across there. So he is he is separate and apart from them. And again, they're showing you that stuff. Again, the, the reason that we're seeing that scene is like, well, why would you even show that? So there's a couple of things here is one when Brittany sees Ray, like she sees him, she knows he's there, but she sees him and she kind of looks over and gets a big smile and waves at her and he gets a big smile and waves back at her. And so we're seeing that Ray really, he is not a absentee father. He is not really a disappointment to his child. And in other, maybe, I guess you could maybe say lesser shows or shows that, that want to maybe have a little bit of manufactured drama, they would probably put a thing where Ray is constantly missing her games or doesn't come to things or doesn't pick her up on time. But we don't see that. We see that Ray, and again, it shows, because I was thinking about this the other day, what it, what it shows is if you have this guy who, again, is a, is a professional in the criminal dealings that he has, and he's used to covering his tracks, and he's used to doing things properly, for you know for maybe for lack of a better term so he's organized he's got his he's got his shit together so to speak so it would make sense then that that stuff is going to carry over maybe into what we'll call his personal life or his life outside of the criminal world uh, and then also the you know I did think it was interesting like I just had started to mention before is that Ray is away from the other parents. He's not over there associating with them. He is separate from them. So again, it sort of maybe shows again, kind of that, that title thing of this is a guy who is sort of in between the, the, uh, what we'll call the, the normal world and then the criminal world and that he kind of has his foot in both. And so sometimes it makes him have to, he's sort of alone. Uh, it cuts from that. It's, that's just a very short scene, but I did want to mention it. Normally I would have just kind of glossed over it, but I did want to mention it because I do think it's a, it's a good way to sort of show his character. So we cut to the next scene. Ray is, looks like he's coming out of a liquor store or a grocery store or something. He's got some beers. Allie was waiting for him in the car. They go to back out. These other guys are kind of blocking him. And so he kind of honks the horn. He's like, you know, what's going on here? When he honks the horn, the passenger in the truck that's behind him pops out. And then Ray's like, oh, here we go. And as the guy walks up, Ray, and and then there's another guy in the truck. So, and Ray is made that there's two of them. So as the first guy walks up, Ray comes up and kind of kicks him in the balls. That guy goes down. The other guy who was coming out turns around, immediately goes back and gets into the truck. Ray follows the driver over and he's kind of banging on the window the guy who got kicked in the nuts gets back up, gets in the truck, and they drive off. Allie has kind of popped out of the car, and she just has this horrified expression on her face. because now, And this is a thing, too, where in one way, I can see Ray's character doing what he did. Because he sort of knows, especially when the guy gets out of the truck, he knows, okay, well, I've got to get out, and I've got to... I've got to take basically control of the situation. So of that, I'm fine with. 
but there was a little, and I, I think this is one of the few times I've seen so far, and, and maybe this is maybe the, you could call it maybe the first time in the episodes that I've, of, of one through four, where his reaction sort of after the fight. So the, the, he gets the best of those guys. They jump back in the truck. They drive off. And he's like, yeah, that's right. Run, you little bitch. Get the fuck out of here. Blah, blah, blah. And, of course, we you know see Allie's reaction and she's horrified. But from some of the stuff that I've seen from Ray so far, I don't know that that would necessarily be his reaction. Like that type of language and you got to get out of here. I think he, you know, he's a pretty stoic guy and I don't think he would have had maybe that verbal outburst after the guys had left. I think that was a little bit out of character. And, and I think that's one of the, like I said, the few times where we see in the show so far that it's a thing of where it, where his reaction was written that way to basically give Allie the reaction that she's going to have coming up. And we're going to talk about that here in just a second. So anyway, Ray tells her, get back in the car. They head off. They're back at the apartment that Ray's place. I, th- I think it's Ray's place. They're back there and she he's like, oh, do you want like a cup of, of um, tea or coffee or something like that? And she's like, eh. and, and so he's in the kitchen. He's starting to make it. And you can see she's, she's sitting on the couch. She's very kind of closed off. She's got her legs crossed and her arms are crossed and... You can tell she is still way upset about what happened. She's like, oh, I, you know, can we talk about this? I want to talk about what happened. And he's like, yeah, sure. And he is, he's just kind of like, oh, it's happened. It's in the past. It's gone. So he's, he's probably not really even thinking about it at all. And so she talks to him about, well, like with those guys, couldn't you have maybe deescalated it? As, as a quick aside, um, one of the things that Ray did when when he was quote unquote fighting the guys, when he came up to the truck, he kind of smashed his head up on the window and he's got a little cut over his, uh, again, over his, um, kind of like over his left eye or something like that, a little bit kind of up on his forehead. And again, I don't really have a problem with the level of violence that he did on those guys and even kind of bashing his head up against the window, because what it's going to do is it's going to make those guys think, Oh man, this dude is nuts. We got to get the fuck out of here right now. So it worked. So anyway, She's talking about that. He kind of explains. She's like, well, couldn't you have tried to defuse the situation? And he's like, well, you know, yeah, but, you know, that would have given the other guy time to get out of the truck. And then instead of dealing with one guy, I'm dealing with two. And it's kind of better that way. And she is still, you know, very shaken up about it. And you can tell it's it's really affected her. So I don't know if um, she... She's now she's a paramedic. She is, I don't think, has really any experience kind of in the criminal world. Also, one of the things that Ray says is, well, I don't you were there, too, and I don't want you to get hurt. So that's why I kind of went and did the stuff that I did. And again, the way that I'm explaining it is different than the way he's explaining it. But you sort of get the gist of it. So anyway, even with his explanation, you can tell that she is still pretty upset by it and again I think maybe you know Ray Ray doesn't think oh it's all good and everything's you know honky dory and all this other stuff and he knows like he can read the situation he's like uh, you can tell he's kind of thinking hmm well I know I know she's really upset 
and you can see kind of on his face, not that he thinks he really messed up with the situation, but he, you can see he's kind of wondering, is this going to be maybe a problem in the future if something like this happens again? You know, what, what is she going to expect me to do that type of thing? So anyway, we cut to the next scene. It's later that evening, I believe. And Ray is uh, in the group. And what I'm going to do again is I'm going to play another clip because I think this is a really good interaction. So he's, he's at the group. And I think if you remember last time, there was a lot of the guys that were in the anger management group were a lot of kind of like, you know, wife beaters and child bashers, as Ray calls them. And I think he's in a different group. I think he's in a, uh, I think maybe they, that Peter put him in a little bit different group. So what we're going to do is we will go ahead and I'll play the clip of the, the what kind of goes on in the meeting here, and then we'll kind of move on. Okay, well, thank you, Max. Thank you. Um, right. How many, uh, how many people, if you had to guess, how many people would you say that you've assaulted? Heaps. Now, how do you feel about that? Fine, had it coming, so. And what did they do? Oh, it depends. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty big on just respect. So, like, if you respect me, I respect you. You know, if you don't, we got a problem. Well, let's talk about the most recent assault, the one with the, the two youths. No, I only bashed one of them. And um, they weren't youths, they were like in their 20s. Well, let's call them young men then. Uh, yeah, so uh, I was walking down the street with my daughter and two guys come along, bumped into her, and she had an ice cream and, you know, dropped her ice cream and... So you assaulted him? Well, no, they started, then they started swearing. She's only eight, so... So you bashed him while your daughter was just standing there? No, not while she was standing there. I bashed him later. Okay, well, how did you feel afterwards, after it was, after it all happened? Fine. Do you enjoy hitting people? I wouldn't say I enjoy hitting people. You know, if I hit somebody, I generally got a pretty good reason. And you think you had a good reason? Did I just say that? So can you remind me again what that reason was? Well, they were being assholes. The world is full of assholes, right? You do realise that. Yeah, and you know why? Why? Because people let them get away with it. So if you're in jail, right, and you fuck with somebody, you disrespect somebody, you can end up dead. There's consequences. But out here in the real world, there's no consequences, right? So next time these two pricks are walking down the street and they start thinking, oh, we might go and fuck with somebody, they're going to think twice about it, which is good for everybody. So in your mind, you've done society a favour? Yeah. Well, I guess on behalf of society, I should say thank you. <laughs> Steve, how are, uh, how are things at home since, uh, since we last spoke? Let's go ahead and talk.
talk about maybe some of the things that, of course, if you've watched the episode, you'll be able to see a lot of Ray's reactions and everything. But you can see that probably, uh, especially at the end there, that when Peter, who is the leader of the group, basically says, well, on behalf of society, you know, we should say thank you. And everybody kind of laughs. You see that Ray sort of doesn't like that too much. You can see that he understands that there, that that's being disrespectful and that, but that, and that he, and normally probably Ray would have gone and confronted Peter, not saying that he would have maybe hit him, but he would have said, you know, Hey, you're not going to talk to me that way. You know, be careful. Uh, I'm not the buddy of your jokes, but because Peter is sort of part of the system, we see that Ray understands that there's not going to be a lot. It's going to make his situation worse. And this is sort of something that he just has to deal with if he wants to have less scrutiny placed on him. So it's it's a strategic move, which again, I like. Again, it shows uh, that Ray is not that that shark or, or you know, that, that he just reacts and can't control himself. Also, the way that Ray sort of explains things, it is very, it's sort of the, the, the condensed version of stuff. And so most people would have said, oh, I was walking down with my daughter and these two guys came up. And again, this comes, I think, from the previous episode where anyway, he, you know, he would have said, oh, I was walking down. And they, they purposely bumped into her and knocked it out. And then they started threatening us and all this other stuff. And I, I you know, I was I uh, stood up to him, but I diffused the situation and we went and got her another ice cream. And then later, as I was walking down the street, uh, I saw them as we were walking back to the car. And then that's when I, you know, but but he doesn't go through a whole long explanation. And then when Peter is interrupting, he doesn't bother to kind of correct him uh, for the most part and say, well, no, this is kind of what happened. And so we see sort of his explanation is one of almost like, again, in that criminal world. If he had been talking to, let's say, Freddie or even somebody like Davros, right? If, if he had been saying, well, this is what happened, Davros would have been, well, yeah, you're right. You can't, you know, you can't let something like that slide. Those guys got to know because that's how you do something. And also we get the reveal that, of you know, Ray has been in jail. And of course, you know, we have assumed that Ray has done some time because he is a professional career criminal. Uh, but again, we're getting a little bit more information kind of slowly from Ray. And we're also seeing a little bit of that code that I was talking about where Ray, you know, says, you know, basically, you know, it's a, it's pretty much a respect thing. If you respect me, I'll respect you. And if you don't, then we're going to have a problem. Basically saying, unless the situation calls for it, I am probably... 99% of the time, not going to start trouble. Again, for him, he's an older criminal. He's been around. He understands sort of what's in it for him and what's in it uh, and, and what would be detrimental to him, I guess we could say. So at the end of the meeting, we see Ray is kind of, uh, it It cuts real quick after they're laughing and then Peter you know, starts talking to the other guy. And then we see Ray and, and that that kind of music plays and with the music cue that's something i really haven't talked too much about but the music in here is actually pretty good too they have stuff that the um i don't know what you would call them the the people that are going to be in charge of the of the music for the show and then also somebody that picks actual 
uh, songs that haven't been produced for the show, but picks songs from kind of out in the real world and plays them. But the music, if you listen to the music and you, you can get some cues as far as mood and uh, the, the kind of the somber music that they're playing as Ray is walking back, it has a little bit kind of um, an undertone of somebody who's a little maybe trapped or a little dis, uh, getting a little discordant, but not quite. Uh, so anyway, I don't want to go too far down that list. And the show is getting a little bit longer. We're probably going to be close to an hour on this one, although there's only maybe about uh, 10 minutes of actual show left. Anyway, so uh, we cut to the next scene. It, it is uh, Bruce and Brittany. Are, they're at Bruce's house. They're watching TV. Ray shows up with Allie, and it's the first time that Allie is meeting Bruce and Brittany. And Allie and Brittany kind of hit it off pretty well. Um, you know, Allie's real, you know, sweet and Brittany kind of likes her a little bit and they go off into Brittany's room and she's showing her stuff. And then kind of like a little eight year old kid would act. She asks Allie, are you going to marry my dad? And she's kind of, and Allie is kind of taken aback by it. And she's like, oh, well, uh, I don't know. And then again, just like a little eight year old kid, she just immediately kind of switches subjects and is like, oh, you know, my dad's seen a unicorn and, and they, they have a really cute little interaction. And Brittany invites Allie to go on a unicorn hunt with her, uh, with her and her dad. So we cut from there and we go, well, I guess, should I say anything? It's again, you know, we see that Ray can go from these pretty tense situations where he's kind of uh, closed off, like in the group, even though he's kind of sharing stuff, he's still kind of closed off. And we go and we see him when he interacts with his family and his his bearing, his face, everything is totally different uh, because he, again, he's maybe in that different world. So uh, we cut later and I think they're back at Ray's place and it shows the clock and it says it's 1145. They're asleep. Ray's a little restless. He gets up, he goes out to the kitchen to roll uh, maybe a cigarette or something like that. He looks out the window and he sees something. He goes and he gets some, looks like maybe night vision binoculars. He looks out, he sees that there is a van out there and there's a couple of guys and they appear uh, maybe to be watching him he doesn't know we cut to he goes down he's he's dressed he's got some body armor on he gets in his vehicle and he goes out and he drives by the van the van uh, to see basically if the van is going to follow him so he notices that there the van is following him and then behind them he even he sees another car so there's basically two cars that are kind of watching him he basically drives off to an industrial park where he ambushes them. And the way that he does that is he, he speeds up and the van kind of stays with him. He gets a little bit ahead of the van. He pulls off into this area again, where it's more of like in a, uh, like a warehouse district or something like that. So there's really nobody around. He parks his car. He gets out. He grabs out that Pratchett, which is a little submachine gun. The van drives up. And the car isn't right behind them. The, the car is probably about a 30 seconds to a minute behind the van. What we're to assume is that Ray had maybe kind of lost them or done something like that. And, but, but they're, they're kind of back together again, but they're still, there's still a little bit of separation. So the van pulls up as the van pulls up, Ray jumps out and bop, 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 you know, unloads a full magazine on them kills both of uh, kills the driver 
a dude jumps out of the van and takes a shot at Ray and Ray guns him down. He then switches out magazine, which is nice to see. He, you know, it shows him switching out a mag, reloading. Uh, and I think he had, when he initially shot the van, he unloaded the whole mag. He pops in a new one and then he kills a driver. He gets himself ready. The, the car shows up and he blasts the car as well and ends up killing those guys. Then he goes back. He uh, gets back in his vehicle. He takes off and he goes back home and he comes in and he's getting ready to go to go back into bed. And it says that it is on the clock. We see it's one uh, twenty one p or a.m. So it's one twenty one in the morning when Ray gets back into bed, it kind of wakes up Allie a little bit. And she says, oh, where have you been? And he's like, oh, ran out of smokes. Like, he, oh, I went out to go get some, you know, tobacco and rolling papers type thing. And then Allie is pretty groggy, but she's like, what's that smell? And he's like, what do you, you know, what smell? And then Allie's like, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's like a burning sort of chemically sort of smell. But, you know, she's still groggy and then she kind of, Ray doesn't really say anything. And she kind of, oh, like sort of just kind of rolls back over and drifts off to sleep. And then Ray is just kind of sitting on the bed. Uh, and again, we don't really get it. And it's the, the room is dark and everything. And we don't, we don't really get a sort of a close look at Ray's face. We're just seeing sort of him, you know, in shadow. But you can tell he's kind of like, uh, you know. Uh, and I don't know, but it's it's almost like he's a little bit down. Um, maybe that he's having to explain stuff or that maybe she, oh, she maybe is sensing something isn't quite right. Or he's seeing a side of her that maybe he thinks, you know, if she finds out, you know, if she can't handle the violence of me, you know, basically fending off these two other dudes where nothing much really happened. You know, if she ever found out about this part of me, it's, it's probably, you know, she, she's probably it's be over, which most, and to be fair, most people, it would be over. Uh, you know, if you found out, Oh, this guy is a kind of an enforcer slash hitman and doesn't have any problem with killing people. You're like, yeah, I can't really be around this person. So anyway, that is where it ends. It ends with just sort of him kind of sitting on the bed. And so we will draw the show to a close. Like I said, pay attention to the music, pay attention to some of the closing music. And I think you'll get a little bit of extra stuff out of it. So if you would like to contact me to talk about the show or give kind of your feelings on, and it can be again, anything from episode, uh, by the time you hear this, you could even talk about episode five. If I haven't, uh, uh, five all the way down to episode one of season one. Anything is fair game. So I'd love to get some feedback from you guys. Love to hear what you think, whether you think it's a good show, bad show, or do you think the writing's good or bad, the acting's good or bad, that type of stuff. The uh, voicemail, there we go, is area code 206-745-2731. 206-745-2731. And the email address to send your emails or audio is thearmedape at gmail.com. All one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. Okay, my fellow travelers and my beautiful, beautiful monkeys, 
I will talk to you guys next time.